The Holy Gospel according to John. After he appeared to his followers in Jerusalem, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have caught no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to, his, to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter, Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. And after this, he said to him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we heard the end of John's gospel. And it was pretty nice, right? The disciples were gathered in the upper room. We had this declaration from the disciple Thomas who said, My Lord, my God. And we were told that Jesus performed many miracles for the disciples while he was with them. 
then we can believe that the disciples went off to do really great things because they refound their faith in Jesus. But then we get to chapter 21 in the Gospel of John. We find the disciples were not off doing great things after they had this incredible experience with Jesus. Instead, they went back to doing the things that they used to do before they were called to be disciples of Jesus. They were in their boats fishing. And who can blame them? Life was so uncertain for them. They had this roller coaster of events that happened on Good Friday and when they were so sad watching their master and their teacher die. And then they were elated on Sunday when they heard the news that he was risen again. But they went back to the thing that they knew best, fishing. But something happened. They fished all night, and they didn't catch anything. But then Jesus shows up, and, and Jesus is not mad at them for going back to fishing. He's not disappointed in them. Instead, he calls out to help them. He says, put your nets on the other side of the boat, and you will catch fish. Now, these are professional fishermen, and they didn't know who it was Jesus at the time, and they thought, who is this guy telling us what to do? We know what to do. But they listen, and they catch a net full of fish. And then at the very end of the gospel reading, Jesus says the two words that he first said to them. He said, follow me. He calls them again to follow him, to follow his way of life. This can be seen as a recommissioning of the disciples. Because when we go back to the passion story, Holy Week, right? There's only one disciple that we are told that stays with Jesus to the bitter end. That's the disciple whom Jesus loved. The rest of the disciples kind of scattered off in fear for their life. And so perhaps their failure to catch any fish represents their failure to remain faithful when times got tough. The disciples basically failed their given assignment. When they started to run for the hills, but Jesus says to them again, it's time to live a little differently. Instead of fishing for fish, once again, I'm calling you to fish for people. This time, trying again with the help of Jesus, they throw their nets on the other side, taking a look at their situation a little differently, and they catch 153 fish. Their net was so heavy that they thought it was going to break. And then they bring the fish ashore and they have this meal, again, symbolizing that last meal that they had with Jesus the night before he died, where he broke bread and gave it to them. He took the fish that they just caught and he gave it to them, reminding them what they are originally called to do. 
I think we can all relate to the disciples on a certain level, right? For three years of their life, they were riding high. Life was good. They had Jesus. They were popular wherever they went. They went from town to town, and they were provided for. They were given things. And then suddenly, just as they thought they reached the pinnacle of their mission, going to Jerusalem, thinking that Jesus was going to build an army to take over Rome... Instead, they watched him die, and the roller coaster came crashing down. How do you relate to this story? In what ways has your life changed over the last few years? For many of us, we've had experiences in our life when we thought that life was good, when, when things were going well and we were riding up that roller coaster again, getting higher and higher, things were going good, we were happy. But then there are certain times when things come crashing down. In the midst of everything we experience, we can't help from things coming down just as we can't help things going up. But what we can control is listening to Jesus. Listening and following what Jesus tells us to do. We come back here week after week and we are recommissioned to go out and to do the things that God is calling us to do. We are commissioned to go out to preach and to teach, to share God's love and grace. And there's going to be times when we don't want to do this. So there's going to be times when we physically can't do it. When we put other things in front of our faith. Just like Peter, there are going to be times when we deny our faith. But I think the most powerful example of forgiveness, the most powerful example of grace and love is right here in this gospel reading. Three times Jesus asked Peter to confess his love to him. Three times Peter does it. But by the third time, Peter's heart starts to break. Because Jesus is asking him again and again, do you love me? But what Peter doesn't quite catch in this moment is that the last time that Peter talked about Jesus and his relationship with him was around a charcoal fire. Where Peter was asked, do you know Jesus? And three times Peter denied Jesus. And the language that is used in this gospel reading is very interesting and important. Because in biblical Greek, the text that this is originally written in, there are four words for the word love. And they all mean something a little differently. The first word is agape love, which means I love you. It can be described as a feeling between holding one another in in high regard. It's also used as the, the word love as the unconditional love of God for us. God's love for us is agape love. There's eros love, 
This is passionate love. This is love of desiring and longing. It can be interpreted as love for someone whom you love more than just a friendship. It could be like a dating or relationship or marriage. Eros love. There's philo love. And this is regarded of love between two friends. It includes loyalty to friends, family, community. It requires virtue. And then there's storge love, which means affection. It's natural affection like a parent has for their offspring. So the two kinds of love that are is used in this text is agape love, love like the unconditional love of God, and philo love, love between two friends. So I'll, I'll read the text as it was using these, these Greek words of love. Jesus says to Peter, do you agape me? Do you have that unconditional love of God for me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I philo you. Shepherd my sheep. Jesus says, do you agape me? Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I philo you. Feed my lambs. Jesus says to Peter, do you philo me? And Peter says, you know all things. You know that I philo you. So Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me more than anything else in this world? And Peter says, yes, Lord. Yes, I love you. You know that I love you like one of my best friends. Again, Jesus says to Peter, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me with the unconditional love of God? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I'm sorry for what I did. You know I love you like a brother. Then Jesus, realizing what Peter says to him, says to Peter, you are my best friend. I love you like my best friend. Do you love me like your best friend? Peter says, you know all things, Lord. You know that I love you. In the end, Jesus does not require Peter to love him more than he can. Jesus loves us just as we are, unconditionally, without reservation. But at the same time, Jesus loves us so much that we, it can't stay that way sometimes. Peter eventually went on and, and, and he loved the Lord more and more as his story goes on. And we read that throughout scripture. But I think the challenge is for us to ask where are we in our relationship with God? Do we have the philo love? Do we have the agape love? And then how do we move towards a stronger connection with God? God is not requiring us to love God more than we can. But God invites us to love God deeper and deeper as our relationship grows. Peter wasn't merely forgiven. He was invited back into the discipleship community. He, Peter was given meaningful work to do. Peter was given the task to continue to share God's agape love with the world. 
And because we are commissioned, because we are baptized into this community, we are invited to do the same. And even when we fall short, not if, but when we fall short, Jesus recommissions us. Jesus forgives us. Jesus invites us back into the community again and again. Jesus continues to give us meaningful work to do. And all that we can do is continue to try and catch fish. And when we get frustrated doing it one way, we can throw the nets on the other side of the boat. Because what we do matters. What you do matters in, in, as, as a friend, as an employee, a volunteer, a citizen, a, a neighbor. As you care for God's people in this world, what you do matters. And your faith matters. Sometimes it, it, it may feel like you are disconnected. Sometimes it feels like you are close. But your faith matters. And what the world needs more and more of is us sharing the love of God in this world. So as we read the story of the recommissioning of the disciples, we read about Jesus never giving up. And we can relate because we are recommissioned each and every week to share the good news of God's love in the world as we do meaningful work for the sake of the gospel. Thanks be to God, in Jesus' name, amen.